0: Good
1: afternoon. It is June 5th, 2023. You're listening to a little column A, a little column B, hosted by Will and co hosted by Zach Bishop. How are you doing today,
0: buddy? What is going on, Will? Wendy's has partnered with a company called Pipe Dream. What they are going to do is make it so they can send Wendy's directly underground to you. Do you have any interest in getting Wendy's delivered to you underground? Right, wherever you are,
1: underground. Does it damage the food?
0: No, no. It's, it's it's gonna be some sort of sort of pipe situation. I don't know if it's pneumatic or what the you know. It's probably uh, proprietary. You probably can't even you know, can't so, you can't even know about it. You know, industry secrets.
1: So it's the same product.
0: Same product. So in this case, in like I said, this is a revolutionary new technology. This is just they've just partnered with Wendy's. I got to imagine that uh, if it works, this will not be the the, the last. A company to do this, but yes, underground,
1: and it's more efficient, and I get it faster, and I pay more.
0: Well, I, <laughs> I don't know if I—I I mean, by the time they implement this, yes, inflation—you will, yeah, you'll probably have to pay more. But I think that's just going to be with anything.
1: Where does this take off? Where it's not just Wendy's? Like, what's the product you want delivered faster? That's really well, scratching the, the edge, or—or or is this it? Or is Wendy's
0: the dream? Here, here's the real story, because I read this and said, "Oh, okay. I, I live in the country, so it's a lot of the Uber Eats and stuff, stuff like that. You don't get it like the same level that you would get if you you lived in a major city. So I thought it was more, oh, okay, yeah. If you lived in New York City, they're gonna you use, you know, there, there's already the subway situation, so they're gonna like figure out this whole, you know, whole situation, this whole underground situation." No, that is not the case. What this is, is that at Wendy's, outside of Wendy's, where you park, there would just be a kiosk, and the food would go from the restaurant just to you right there. So it should improve upon the drive-in model, but you would still be driving to the store for this.
1: Wait, what? So this is efficiency within the shop, that This isn't even for the, the consumer.
0: I would say it's probably a split. I know the, uh, the, the Wendy's by me a, a while ago renovated and they got rid of cashiers at the, the main point of sale. So you walk in, you use the, uh, use the touchscreen. I, I know a lot of the McDonald's is that I've gone to, they have both options, but this Wendy's it's exclusively, uh, a screen you got to use it then you go over and you know everybody, everybody's in the back there's no one no one taking any orders but I think this is just another level of if we'll okay can we get rid of the drive-through people you know here, here's where we can save money we don't have to use the drive-through you know and you got a couple people there, that's somebody else you can either remove or have working in the kitchen actually making the food faster but it also could help out the consumer of if you go at a busy time, you're in line. It doesn't matter that your order is is way faster because you're just a uh, you know solo and there's a family in front of you. You you can't go. There's no passing option. Where this could be all right, and you know these mobile orders are becoming more and more prevalent. So you could order ahead of time, then just pull in and just, zoop, boom. There's your uh, there's your cheeseburger.
1: You know this is somehow gonna be less hungry. <laughs> I I I guess. Uh, I I want the food. I want it faster. If this is the more efficient way to do this, uh, let's do it. the The delivery with all all this stuff is it, it's hard. Uh, I think to be graded on a certain scale when you you sign up for these certain delivery fees. Like I I, I might have said this in the past. The you no know, the Uber Eats the the GrubHub's all all these deliveries that are partnering up with these restaurants that you, know, you could, anybody could just sign up for all this. It's not exactly a vetting process here, and you're as a restaurant trusting the delivery driver to you know. Respect the product and get there in an efficient time ma- and manner, and that's not always the case. And then you're graded upon that, and that that really sucks sometimes. Uh, that, that's kind of why, at least at the, the restaurant over here, we we've never done any of the, that sort of delivery. That's the one reason we stayed away from it is cause just one one time that happens, one time the food doesn't show up and the driver, you know, took off with it, and and it's like that. How do you have? What are you supposed to do here? We don't do delivery. <laughs> Uh, Not not a fun situation to be in, but I I suppose if this is solving a situation that people want and it's an efficiency thing, well, well, we'll I'll be it. Let's let's let it happen. I think there's other uh, efforts we could be making, It sure seems
0: like you could make it – like, there's got to be other efficiencies that would be easier to implement that might impact things. I I just got to imagine the the, the drive-thru's been around for a while. It works pretty well, and you're going to have to do – you're going to have to come up with the infrastructure – and you're gonna to have to come up with the knowledge of people that they you know, aren't in the know like you and me that are bringing up these uh, articles on podcasts. There's gonna be a bunch of people. that are gonna pull in wanting to use the drive-through. And it, what do you mean? I, I don't want to go inside. I don't want to leave my car. How do I get my food? And how are you gonna, you know, teach teach people how to use this new system?
1: Yeah, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Let's go back to sports. We're we're, we're much better at that. There's an NBA Finals going on. We've We've managed to get to two games right now in the the week since the last one, and boy, has a lot happened. It's 1-1. The Miami Heat tied it again, 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 last night, again, again. They had a comeback. Again, again, they made a team that we thought was better than them and is probably arguably more talented than them, look bad, and play poorly, and forget how to play basketball. I don't know what sort of mind tricks they pull on everybody, but yeah, they were... In the game again, and in, in, in a lot of ways, they were in the game of Game One. And this kind of starts in that fourth quarter where no,
0: they that was a ne- Game One was never a game. It got to single digits towards the end, but when you're watching it, do you ever get nervous for for the Nuggets?
1: Not even slightly. But when you want to just say Miami started outscoring Denver, or at least started competing with Denver, starting on that fourth quarter and on, that that's I think a fair argument. Is there was some momentum gained? I think throughout that, and there was a big push at the end. It's, it's fine. It doesn't matter. and it, it it led to game two, which, which we know now. Let's talk about game one first, then. Denver runs away with it?
0: Denver pretty much runs away with it. And one of the reasons is is that the heat shooters finally didn't shoot 75%. Struess and uh, Vincent were, were terrible. Duncan Robinson was terrible. And I looked at it and said, we just played this team for seven games. And the whole time we said, sooner or later, this is going to happen. And it never did. And I kind of thought, all right, they're going to come down to earth, and this might be. But then Game Two happens, and th- they're right back in the, you know, was was a true start four for four, and just Duncan Robinson goes on a on a run, and these guys just don't miss. And I, it's I, th- I think for some of uh some of the Celtics games was just the defense wasn't wasn't quite on the same page all the time. There's a lot of open shots, but they're still hitting a ton of very tough shots, and it's just. Still so frustrating because this again happens, and just think like, did did I just was I not paying attention during the year? And then he looks like no, no, they were 27th in three point percentage during the season, and in the playoffs they're number one. So you went from almost dead last to the best, and you you just you flip the switch. We talk about this all all the time, and hey, our team's able to do this. They flipped a switch, and I don't get it. That's not how this normally works.
1: It's a bizarre game. It, it, this is game two I'm talking about. Game one, ice cold, different team. It looked like the team we saw throughout the entire regular season. Game two looked like the team we'd seen this entire playoffs with this Miami team. They go for 36 points in the fourth. Duncan Robinson has 10 points. Duncan Robinson only had 10 points in the game. He had all 10 in the fourth. They shoot 68%, 11-16, to 5-9 from three, 9-10 from the free throw line. For the game from the free throw line, they go 18 for 20. I mean, what, what, what more could you Jasper? from all this? Struess, like you said, starts off the game 4-7 from 3. Doesn't hit another 3 the rest of the game. Like, I, I called it. I said it. I texted you. I messaged you. I wish I could – is there a way to make money on this? We'll, we'll fit that in with the sports betting bit later. But he, he, he basically scores all 12 in the first quarter, finishes the game with 14. So, like, he kind of fades away. It, it, it just doesn't make any sense. So, like, all the magic really happened in the fourth quarter – where Butler gets eight points. Bam gets eight points. Duncan gets 10 points. Butler finishes with 21. He had eight in the fourth. Bam finishes with 21. He had seven in the fourth. Duncan
0: went on a 10-0 run by himself to start that fourth quarter to go from, if he doesn't do that, he clanks some shots, and the Nuggets score, you know, it goes from, oh, wow, he just came roaring back to, well, they're down 15, and uh, this hole's getting pretty deep.
1: I still believe that even though Miami won and the, the crazy part is is I don't even, even with all the good shooting I didn't think Miami played great like I just read off a whole bunch of reasons on what things that didn't go there well like Vincent Vincent played well that's I, I think he was their only consistent player but like that's not a great game for Bam that wasn't a great game from Butler that was not a consistent game for Streus and and they they still they are they were there that wasn't a consistent game for Duncan Robinson either like that's somehow they managed to pull this all off. I don't know how they managed to make Denver just make so many mistakes, so many weird. And, and I know they're doing the zone on the switching, and they're they're pressuring you, and the officiating. I, mean, I could spend an hour on on some of the problems. I mean, there were some bad calls, and there were some bad plays by Denver, and and none was was their fault either way. I I, I think there's some masterful gamemanship. Just did that by did Miami. that
0: Bam uh, goaltend even get reviewed? Not even officially, but did did they even show a replay of that?
1: I did see it. It was goaltending. It was kind of lot of replay.
0: Yeah, it kind of obviously. When, when I saw it initially, and it, you, you can get tricked, but I was seeing it online, and it seemed like a lot of other people were agreeing, saying like that looked like pretty blatant goaltending. But I just I never you know kind of came around to seeing or seeing a replay.
1: There was a lot of calls that did not go Denver's way. I thought Jimmy flopped on one baseline like floater where Gordon like barely hits him. I thought the Bam, the Bam goaltending was bad. Jimmy stepped out of lo- out of out of bounds on the baseline like early in the first oh, quarter. Oh, big time! That was I, I'm not okay. Like, hey, you know, there, there's there's a reason no other player really does the play behind the basket like the hockey player thing, and, and that's why. It's because you get really close to the baseline, and if you step out, you look like an idiot. But if, if you if you get away with it, it's a great move. Like it's right. It, it should have been Denver's ball though, and the, the crazy and part about was, all that was it was a three. It's a three out. It's 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 a three daggers too. Just daggers of threes. There was one time I think there was a loose ball. They called it off Jokic. It was a clearly not off Jokic. I didn't kid. It was a loose ball. There's a lot of bodies there. I, I you gotta kind of just pick, but like just things things that this, just, gone this their is way. what
0: Miami's done, and they've done their their whole run is, I it's like a it's like a, a luck and a grift. It's like wrapped into one, and then for whatever reason, like the other team just cannot handle it, and we've seen it over and over again. Of the other team ends up starting like they. They're focused on the referees, and they just lose focus in the game. And it it looked exactly like last series, where it's just like, all you have to do is just not fall apart here. Like You're having a meltdown. Why are you having a meltdown?
1: So those were the excuses, but here are the facts. In the fourth quarter, Caldwell Pope almost fouled the three-point shooter twice. He's lucky, so lucky. The first one, they called on the floor. Easily. Easily could have been shooting. I, I'm, I'm not sure what, what the deal was and why that was on the floor and the next one wasn't. But the next one was Lowry couldn't have been any farther out on the sideline, an incredibly so deep. deep three. There's less than five seconds on bo- on the shot clock on both the plays. So these are both plays of which you have played defense now it's for the whole 24. The offense is not in a position that they want to be in. You have cornered them. They, they have to shoot in the next five seconds. And you know this. And the foul is just such an insult to your defense. I, that happened. I was twice. surprised they
0: didn't review that Lowry one uh, and make it a flagrant.
1: Well, well, there's there's some weird things about the landing position that happened. I think in this game, what was the one? A guy fell down and then he shot it while the guy was falling down, and they're like, oh, "That's a foul. You, you're 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 laying in his landing space," and you're like, "Well, but but I but I fell down. Like, what, what do you, I, I didn't like lay down here, so like he couldn't land here. I fell down here, and he landed." On me, it was almost like a reckless shot. Like you wouldn't take that shot and pick up, like would you? Like you wouldn't take that and be like, "Ah, oh, this is an easy foul." Like I'm either gonna make this shot and or land on this guy, and then I'm gonna get a free foul. Now, nobody, nobody in the world of basketball would ever take that shot, except for the NBA, where the Miami Heat are playing by letter of the law and like lawyering their way into wins, and and, and that's happening. It, but
0: yeah, that's a good way to put it. Lawyering. It's it's not the same way that Harden did it, but that's what I was getting a lot of. Just we're just doing this exactly, and then I. I, I could see it as you know, these opposing teams when you're going against them because you got Bam set, and I saw it a lot more in the uh, in the Knicks series. The Knicks fans were all over it. Bam sent it setting all sorts of these moving screens, and so I could see like you're super frustrated because you're trying to get around Bam and he's moving, and then on the other end, you know, you, you bump into Lowry and he makes it out like you you punched him in the face, and now now it's now it's been uh, you know it's two fouls on you.
1: There there is. This sort of yin and yang of this team being so aggressive and so on your face on defense and then made a paper on offense like they get hit and they just fly like they're just everybody just got punched in the face and they are all going to take their LeBron 20 seconds on the floor to kind of recoup and sell everybody on it. But, you know, it's been effective. You know who wasn't effective yesterday, though? Michael Porter Jr. And I was texting you you throughout this game saying early bench him. You were all over that bad because he just kept getting lost on defense. And then his help defense. Not only was he not there, there was a couple times he fouled them, and I was like, "No, it's you, you already. It's already over. You weren't there. You can't get there now. Just stop. Like this is an easy bucket. Like there was a Bam and one, just just terrible fouls, terrible positioning.
0: See that one? That one. Uh, I I told you at, at the time he he should have just let him go. There, were, there was a mess up with the with a uh, Jokic and I can't remember who who the other guy was in the in the action and he was gone where there was no way for Michael Porter jr to get over there to eat, to actually contest it. And he couldn't leave cause he's got his guy in the corner. So if he had been shading more and been able to do it, they would have passed it to the corner. And you know what happens every time Miami shoots, they make it. And it's a little bit facetious, but they shot just under 50% from three again last night. And and it just seemed like anytime there was that opportunity of, uh ah, maybe like a tough, uh, lay up or throw it to a three like they're throwing it to three they're, they're they're getting that so but overall yeah you were you were on top of that right from the beginning and just he he, he was ice cold he was he was ice cold in game one two and he, he's gonna be a a, a a big factor on if Denver can win in Miami well I I
1: made a big deal about him not playing well and it wasn't even the offense he finishes with five points and that's fine I've seen him not be I've just I've seen him play defense a couple times now and I I'm gonna be upset every time I don't see him not play defense because i I know he could do it, like I've seen it. There's been moments that he's been able to do it and it's incredible because he's six ten, he's fast and he jumps out of the gym and it's it's just it doesn't make sense to me that he can't be this defensive force, especially when this team is just in this in this rut of of they're not able to get out on these shooters and he's losing the shooters all the time. and, and it just feels like he should be an advantage on defense and he's not. So it's frustrating to me see that those sort of plays happen. But I don't think this is even an excuse they can make because it felt like he was a starter and he played starter minutes. He only plays 26 minutes. Like this, this is, They have way bigger problems than him. It wasn't like they overplayed him at all. If anything, I, I think they that's perfect right now. If, you, if he's not going to have a good game, 26 minutes is right around where he should be. If he's having a better game, I think you've got to take a chance and run him a little bit more. Yesterday wasn't the day. It, w- it wasn't happening, and, and Jokic was putting on a show just trying to keep these guys in the game and keeping the heat at bay, like, for most of the game. I, I I don't know what else to do with Michael Porter Jr. here, though, where, like, like do they need the offense from him or do they need the defense from him or do they need something else from him? Like, what, what would you do? Like, next game, Michael, you, let's, let's work on this. Let's do this.
0: You have to play him. You can't bench him. You were very much all, like, you got to bench him. You got to bench him. And I, I said, dude, this team has seven guys and i I was wrong there they've really they have they have eight but it's they don't not go past eight and those last two almost kind of combine and one of them is christian brown who played actually really well and he's a rookie so you just got to think we really shouldn't be relying on this shouldn't have to rely on this guy it's uh not like he was a you know a top pick coming out of college because he went went to the nuggets they didn't have a, a real low pick but you have to play him he has to play better He's got to figure it out. He's got to make shots because anytime your option is, well, we got to play Jeff green more. That's not going to work. Might... Jeff green's one of the oldest guys in the NBA. If that's who you're for, I know that, uh, Mike for junior was bad, but he has got to figure it out. You can't, you can't bench him. It's the same way with the Celtics. You're like, Oh, you got to bench Jalen. And it's like, I, I maybe you got some options, but you just, you just can't. There's there. The the option it's it's not a long term option. Even if you bench him, and you hope he doesn't go into a funk, it's like Jeff Green is not going to be able to give you all the minutes that you're going to need out of Michael Porter Jr.
1: No, I, I I guess what I'm saying when I'm bench and I mean bench him, I mean he needs to play role player minutes at this moment. You, you know he could he needs to play 26 minutes this game. He's not, he's not playing he's not playing starter minutes. He's not going to play 38 minutes. I, I think that's more what I mean by bench him, play him less, not not like literally bench him in zero minutes. He's done for the rest of the game. Just. We're gonna do this in spurts, all right. We're gonna we're gonna try to make him in the rotation where he's the guy coming off the bench a little bit more, rather than a starter and a, and a guy that's focused on the offense here. And then I think that's what they did because I it didn't feel like it in the moment. But twenty six minutes, like I said, that's that's fair. That's what you have to do. You're in the finals. You've done enough right, like you said, to get to where you're at, and you can't just abandon everything. Hey, I
0: mean, that was that was less than, than Bruce Brown. So that you know, he may have started, but he did not play. I guess close to starters minutes, but he did not have. It was not in the top five of minutes played.
1: Well, even with all of this, it did still come down to a shot by Murray at the end, and he had a decent look, I thought. They, they choose not to call timeout. We can talk back and forth on whether or not we thought that was a good decision. I personally did not have a problem with it. I think they might have been able to save the time. Why? I, I don't think it was an issue because I think they were able to get a one-on-one shot with Jimmy Butler and Jamal Murray, and if they were in the half court, I don't think they would have got as good of a look. I also think Miami would have. Shifted. I just
0: I, I asked that because I, I, I. It seems like a lot of times we, it can either be on, the results that happened or it's just on, you know who who the coach is. But it, it's just, you know I, I want to make sure that we're. It, it's not just oh well. Well, I think you I, know Malone's been been out there a while. So yeah, no, we're just gonna trust it. Where if you got a younger guy, it's just like oh no, he he has no idea what he's doing. Where just. You know, and you 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 broke it down right there, saying you thought this was the case, and there's other situations. Just make sure it wasn't just a because I I think we're getting, you know, too much. And you hear, I feel like get to it more and more as we get into the summer and the finals, where there's just there's no college basketball to talk about. This is like kind of the only show in town, so you get more casual fans, and and I I feel like I just hear more just easy or lazy, just take something.
1: I think one of the reasons you call timeout is you want to save time and you don't want to waste the time dribbling the ball up the court but I th- I think when you get the matchup you want and it's so difficult to inbound the ball that you you just take what you can get and I don't think it's the uh, the end of the world of w- what happened here and sure you could look back at it and you want to do it a million times over and we're you know talking this the next day but I- I'm, a- I'm all right with it I-, I think the one thing if I was Miami what I would have done is you know you got Jimmy isolated one-on-one here and other guys like Caldwell Pope and and Michael Porter Jr. are having such a terrible shooting day that I think I would have hedged a little bit more. I mean, Jokic is underneath the, the three-point line, and they need three, so, like, I don't even know why you're looking at him. I mean, if he's saving it down for the last shot here and they still got a good shot one-on-one, I think that's, I think that's all right if you're Denver, and if you're in Miami, I think I might have put a little bit more pressure on them and maybe made someone else try and take the shot. Uh, I mean, what would you have done? Would you have done anything differently?
0: I'm shocked that Spalstra really didn't foul you're you're up 3 that 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 much time left i feel like that that's an automatic uh foul situation i know with the uh, nba players you know they can really get 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 that shot up quick but the way that jimmy knocked it out of jamal murray's hands now his back is to the, to the hoop i think that's when you 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 really get aggressive and really try to you know knock it all the way out of his hands and if you foul him oh oh well you know you're you're fine with living with that two shots and then you're getting the ball make make it happen but I, I'm just surprised there hasn't been more talk about that. I would have
1: been terrified of the foul. I've seen so many reviews where they just any, – anything could be a three and anything can be a foul. Like if Murray just swings his arms and shoots it and they, they challenge it, they review it, it. The second they review it, everything's to the letter of the law. It's like you, you just touched him here and it's like there's enough evidence to point that there was just contact. And it, it's it's no longer basketball. I think that's the only chance. I do like the idea of them just playing aggressive, like you said, and kind of the way they played all game. Of just being up in their face and, and being tough guys and then you know being real soft on offense but I, I don't know I, if the ball goes in do you think they they finish the job in overtime like if this if that goes in and it's tied up and let's just say there's no time left we tip it off in overtime who, who do you think walks away with it
0: Denver but I would I would have picked against Miami at every point along the way so <laughs> I, I don't know uh, why I should be trusted um, I, I think I am, but everyone's just like the boy that cried wolf at this point.
1: Are you still picking Miami or Denver and six?
0: Yeah, I'll stick. I'll stick with uh with Denver and six.
1: I think this is it for Miami. I'm gonna be a wild, wild person and just refuse to eat the cereal that everyone's just chewing on. I, I just refuse. I refuse yeah, you, to you
0: said sweep last week, right?
1: I said sweep last week. I don't think Miami wins another game, and I'm just gonna say this because I'm terrified of of what's gonna happen if this team actually is successful. Like they're they're doing all this and, and Hero's not even back yet. There, there's, uh, what's his name? Uh, Martin, who only hits one three in the fourth, is sick. He he's got an illness the last two days, and and they still won. It's it's one one and I, going I, back I, home. I don't know. They I, have home court advantage now. I still I still feel like Denver is gonna be able to correct the problems that they saw. All the all the things I said I thought Boston was to do. All the things I thought Milwaukee was gonna do, and and I guess I suppose all the things that New York wanted to do. But <laughs> they're still getting the job done in Miami here. And, and I, I think it's over, though. I think Denver's going to take care of business. I don't think Miami's going to win another game. Denver in five. I think they take care of business. I think Jokic is just going to be that much better, and I think Jimmy's going to run out of gas. The ankle thing already looks a little funny, but I don't know. Um, anything else you want to get to about this
0: game? Yeah, just uh, one, one last thing. You, you mentioned briefly uh, Tyler Hero's name. Rumor is that for about a week now, he's been practicing with contact and if he is ready to go, if you were Spolstra, what would you do with with Tyler hero?
1: Well, if he's actually healthy and he's, and he's actually ready to go, I still wouldn't play him. I would only play him if if one of the other guys was, was really banged up, having a really bad day or, or, or just wasn't able to play for whatever reason. The team that got you there is getting the job done and, I, I hate to say this, but I, I think there's some evidence that can be pointed to that they were almost defensively better without Hero, and, and they're probably offensively better, but it doesn't outweigh the the positive of just being that kind of defensive powerhouse. I think Caleb Martin's played some really good defense. I thought he crushed us in Boston. Like, a lot of nights. were just cutthroat. Struce as well has just become a very, very solid defender. I think if you're Denver, you have to take advantage of Duncan Robinson and attack him on offense. I can't believe he was able to attack them as much in the fourth, but... I think that's one reason he fell out of the rotation throughout the year was he struggled defensively, and you got to be able to attack him. So if you're looking for some minutes for Hero, I think you could maybe lose some Duncan Robinson minutes. But that, that's kind of hard to say after he was just you know, the fourth-quarter Hero right now. He only had 10 points, and all 10 are in the fourth. And, and you're telling me this guy that hasn't played in so many g- weeks here is just going to come in and, and be solid. And I just think it's a risk. I think it's a risk, and I would I would do it in one of the next two games. I would only do it at home. I wouldn't do it on the road and and I, I don't know if i would even play him more than 12 minutes like max if that and just get a taste of it i mean if he comes in it's like heat check immediately and he's just himself like great but i i don't i just do you envision that happening like a guy who's been injured walking into the finals
0: and then suddenly suddenly being like an impactful player with, with the with the run that miami's having i could i could easily see that happening is, and is that the bow I, I, you on got it a guy you got a guy that's been He's been a starter all year. Got got signed to uh, to an extension. I, I just it, you, and we're not going to know it on the outside his his health level, but I would say if he's healthy, I'm not saying you you start him, but you, you bring him in off the off the bench, and you, you kind of see if it's a Malcolm Brogdon situation, and immediately you see it, just like this guy's not healthy, absolutely not. You know, don't don't even mess around with that. But if you think that he he's back to his his level, like there's a this finals, you got you got to use every. Uh, Everything you, you you got, I would think.
1: Is it a trap, though? What, what if it's a trap? What, what, what if Denver's, like, just dying for Hero to be out there defensively? And they're like, oh, thank God, Caleb Martin's gone. Or, you know what, as much as we like Hero, Duncan Robinson Isn't... runs so many more miles around these screens and all that. Like, Hero just kind of floats around on the, on the perimeter.
0: Isn't that a problem, though, if you're the Heat? Both, if that's the... The, the thought process as well as you just signed him to an extension that kicks in next year where he makes on average $30 million for the next four years.
1: Look, it's a next year problem. It seems to not be that much of a problem this year, but it but is don't a next you think year that's problem.
0: bleed over. If hero is going to the coach, going saying, Hey, I'm ready to go. Look at me. See me running around I'm playing defense. I'm hitting threes. I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm ready to go. And the coach goes, well, uh, I don't know. Well, what about the other yeah, guys? How's hero not going to think about that all summer? It, you know, whether the team wins or not. That hey, this team made this run without you. While you were sitting on the bench with your interesting fashion choices that had nothing to do with basketball. This team did this without you.
1: All right. Well, go go tell go tell Caleb Martin, hey man, you're you're going to play a lot less minutes today. This this other guy's back. Go go tell Gabe Vincent, hey man, you might play a little less today. This other guy's back. Go go tell Max Strus, yeah, you're gonna play a little less today. This other guy's back because those are the guys that got him to the finals, and those are the guys that got him to one-one. So, sure, maybe, you know, maybe on paper he's better, but on on the reality of the, this fantasy world that we live in right now, this wild, insane NBA season, this is the roster that's winning. This is the roster that's gotten to the finals. This is the roster that got a one-one is getting home. I don't know why you'd want to mess with it and, and sure maybe it's enhancing but I'd be real careful I would be really careful with this and, and maybe you're right that that could be a little sensitive on Hero but you can't afford to lose Duncan Robinson right now you can't just pull him out of the lineup I think I think I've seen him crumble before and I don't want to see th- I don't want I don't think you should do that I think you'd be at a disadvantage if you did anything like that so it, it's not a it's not a decision I'd want to make but we, we talk all the time about how good spo is and Good coaches figure this out, and I, I'm sure he'll figure it out in some way. I, I have no idea how it's going to be, but that, that's what I would do. But I think whatever Spo does, I'm I'm kind of in support because it's not an easy decision.
0: Here's a uh, here's a, here's a question for you. I'm going to bring and we bring the Celtics back into it. Uh, why? Uh, th- there's been a lot of talk saying uh, with the the new CBA, oh, excuse me. <clears throat> New CBA that's coming out that hasn't even all the way come out yet. It's it's not finalized yet, but saying, hey, you know, if you're spending a bunch of money, you're really going to get penalized. And there's been a lot of talk, especially after Jalen's uh, last series and the, the last game, that, you know, do you really want to be paying Tatum and Brown $90 million combined for the foreseeable future? Would you rather for the next four years, or excuse me, the next three years have Tatum and Brown or have Jimmy and Bam?
1: I would rather have Tatum and Brown. But I think the bigger mistake in all of this isn't necessarily even having the two guys. I think the big mistake that's going to happen with this new CBA and all that is going to be the teams that trade for these guys and give up all of this and then realize that they have to patch together whatever they can patch together to get a second guy. And it's not even a real worthy of a second guy because they gave up so much to the first guy. And, and you're you're just screwed again.
0: The rebuild... Yeah, I think there's just a lot of, there's a lot of focus on... The you know the the Celtics coming off of this terrible series and just like ooh ninety million that's a lot of money but I think if you start looking at a lot of teams as these new extensions come in right in that area where where Jalen Brown is you're gonna start to see this more often where it's just with the with the the old new CBA where the contracts just exploded and then with the new CBA it's become the new CBA deal or the CBA the new uh, TV money. The, these contracts are going to continue to rise. So right now you see like, oh man, fifty million dollars a year, like that—that's crazy. But if if the money still keeps coming in, like it's expected to, I mean we're going to be looking in five, six years, and that these guys are going to be making seventy million dollars. You know, just one guy. So I I, I think other teams are going to have to deal with it, and it's not just going to be a, uh, a a Celtics issue. No, and
1: we have the two guys. We have two guys that are supposedly good at a variety of things they're young. They supposedly could get better. These are all things I'm doubting at this point. These are the reasons you wouldn't do it. Is they don't actually get any better. They haven't really improved a whole lot. And all of this experience, sure you can put it on the positive side of saying, "Yes, look at all the experience they have." But you could also say, "Look at all the opportunities they've had and yet none of them have really pulled out successful." But you know, it's you're not supposed to get it right the first try. But maybe we should be a little bit more successful where they are from where we are after the fifth try, the, the fifth conference finals, you know, like there's, there's perhaps a, a fair grading of, of assessment that we've seen. We've seen a lot of this. And and I think that's the hard part about this is it, have we seen all of this and we've seen some of the same problems happening again, but there's still so much of a, of a future that they could fix this. And this could be like the second they figure this out. Don't you feel like we own the league? Because there were moments at this, this year where they did figure it out and everybody was in trouble. I'm just,
0: I'm, when I'm looking at it, just like some of the other contracts, Yep, they're, they're, Brown's had some struggles, but I would just rather be playing, uh a Tatum and Brown in their late 20s than Jimmy Butler or uh, Dame Lillard at the same price, but, like, at 36. I mean, LeBron's doing it, but you don't you're, – you're looking at, you know, Jeff Green age, and those guys are, are in their prime are better than Jeff Green was in his prime, but it just – once you reach a certain age there's very few guys that have been able to able to do it and even leBron we're seeing is just it's not the same guy that he was three years ago and just if, if you're gonna be spending a bunch of money spend it on young guys and you know we'll figure it out from there
1: yeah i I believe have we have we not had a busted draft pick recently are our team's still thinking like oh no we we always win the draft we always we always draft well we always, we always know what we're getting you never know what you're getting that's that's a gamble. I mean, the, the Web and Yama thing, I, I think that's as sure as you're ever gonna get. But that's that's a once in a lifetime. That's never gonna happen again. And then we have no chance of getting anything like that. You're you're dealing with a far more of an actual gamble with anything else. And and I think Jalen is a little less of a gamble. I I would I wouldn't lie to you though. I would entertain some some options if if some teams called though. I I wouldn't lean towards doing that. But I'm I'm answering the phone at this point for for anybody.
0: I uh. I had I had similar uh, similar thoughts where I, I think though if we sign the extension we can't trade him in the in in the first year either way there was definitely some cap things in there that no one's really talking about uh, just just yet I'm sure once the finals ends and people are really digging into draft and trades and it's just like oh everyone was just saying it's the same way everyone's talking about oh Martin he's about to get paid it's like well not quite yet. He's still got to play under his contract for next year. So you just but everyone just sees it just assumes, Oh, this guy's he's, he's on a one year contract every year. And you just, we just, we, we, we don't always realize until someone puts it, puts it right in front of our faces. Sometimes
1: the real story is going to be how they managed to trade Duncan Robinson this off season. And that his value is somehow skyrocketed from what it was just six months ago. True. And and then it's like, look, we turned this guy into this. And then, you know, I w- I wish him the best, but I imagine the second he leaves Miami, if he goes anywhere else, that that it just doesn't work nearly as much. He has so many other guys doing heavy lifting around him that he he's able to kind of think. You, you think I, w-
0: of- I was thinking though when you're you're saying just you know taking taking some meetings, just just listening. You know, it doesn't it doesn't hurt to listen because it was just like, oh no, you know, I want I want to keep Jalen. You know, don't try to sell him at, at the low. But then just thinking about last year, of look what the. Uh, Look what the Wolves gave up to get Rudy Gobert. And it's Rudy Gobert didn't have a great year this year. But even before that, it wasn't like like he had some super super stellar, like, oh, we got to have this guy. It's like, well, hold on. If you're getting that sort of return, you know, what what kind of return would Jalen Brown get?
1: I, I agree. And that's also why I said, I think everybody's so worried about, you know, having to pay all these guys. And if you have two guys, you don't really have a lot of money left for everything else. You know how you have even less stuff than anyone else? Is you trade for one of these guys. You, you lose. You give up everything. And then you're you're so reliant on the one piece that it, it has to be a sure thing. And I'll, I'll be honest. I don't think Jalen's a sure thing. I don't think Gobert's a sure thing. I don't think Carl Anthony Towns is a sure thing. Like, somehow... Durant. <laughs> somehow Minnesota... Durant sure thing? Has, somehow Minnesota has managed to acquire the two... Biggest unsure things that are the most expensive unsure things in the NBA, and they're both on the roster. And the sad part is, well, is they hold
0: have... on, hold on, isn't isn't Kyrie a free agent?
1: Well, I mean, does he? He falls into his own category. He's the Danny McBride side category of he's on his own mission. He's he's doing whatever he wants <laughs> to do. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what I want him to do either. Like, if you were to pick the destination of how you wanted Kyrie's like the rest of the career to, to the end, there's no way you could do it for one. But if if you were like. What do you what do you think is best for him? Like, what's the right move here? Like, does
0: he have? He's a... gonna he's gonna take less money. He's going to the Lakers.
1: Is that the right move? Not for me. All right, but if you're Kyrie and you could sign anywhere, and the team actually wants you, oh, he's you. gonna
0: sign. He's gonna sign with the Lakers. He's gonna play with LeBron. He you think, sees it. You think that's he Kyrie's sees, best chance? He sees chance. LeBron's on the on the, on the way you know on the way down, and he, he knows he's like, all I gotta do is just set Anthony Davis up. We're gonna be we're gonna be great. All right, like, but I, but does he, he, he saw what happened with Russell Westbrook and was just like I can I can do that.
1: But but does he does he just want to go to LA? Does he just want to play with LeBron? Or is that actually his best opportunity to win a championship next year? Because I don't think that's his best opportunity to win a championship next year. I re, I really don't. Where do you think it is? I'm I'm not sure, but I I don't think that I don't, that 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 math doesn't add up for me. I I I've, I don't think it works. It sounds like it would work, but it won't work.
0: I, I, he might still be looking for, for big contracts. He's looking for big big contracts. I don't think he'd have big contracts and be looking at uh, title favorites.
1: Well, that's why I'm saying if he's not going to get his money, which would be shocking to me, if him just saying, I'm not going to take as much as I possibly can, I'm going to sign with a contender. I don't think the Lakers are the team you sign as just a random contender. I'm not sure who the other team is, but I you, you can't tell me like they're the the sneakiest like team that's just one piece away for next year. I think there's significantly more teams. That would greatly appreciate this. Now, it's, he's such a unique addition with, with some additional off-season, uh, off-court weight, I'll say, and that's complicated in its own sense. But on a pure basketball sense, if, if it's taking less money, I think a contender much better than the Lakers would be interested. And that's crazy to say. But I think you
0: got to also think that there's a good chance that Harden will also be a free agent. So they don't play the exact same game, but it's two guys have a lot of talent definitely have their, their issues that go along with it and are probably both going to want a lot of money. And it might hurt them that the they're both likely going to be free agents and competing head-to-head for, for money.
1: All right, so Kyrie leaves Dallas, hypothetically. Is Dallas now better or worse? <laughs>
0: <laughs> worse. Worse the same way that the Sixers will be worse if they lose Harden just because the way the cap and everything works is if you sign your own guys, you can pay those guys. You can go into the luxury tax, but you can't do it and just sign somebody else. So it's not even like they could, I guess they could do a sign and trade, but they can't just swap. Like, you know, Harden goes to Dallas and Kyrie goes to, goes, to, goes to the Sixers. It, I do not You wouldn't be able to do that, but yeah, the, both scenes will be worse because they will not be able to get a player even close to that caliber back in there. I wonder if Kyrie's upset with Dallas that they just quit. <laughs> the organization quit. And now we're seeing a team that was in both play and don't, games. Don't now in the this. finals tied up. Do- Dallas could have been in the similar situation on the other side.
1: You just wrote his like, this is why I'm leaving letter. And this guy doesn't deserve that right. And he had, you just gave it to him. He shouldn't play that card, but now now you just handed it to him. And he's like, this is all he's got to say. And, and he's going to get, I,
0: I think I think that's one of the things you got to be careful when you're an organization that values winning. And you know, we hear of, of, often with, uh, with with the process of you bring a bunch of young guys in there, and it's a losing culture. There's no winning culture, and making that work. And the Mavericks chose a losing culture. I understand why they did it because they didn't want to lose their their top ten pick. They wanted to hold on to it. Thought it wasn't worth it, but it just you could just see it the roadmap is there. And Luca, I think it's easy to say is way better than Jimmy Butler is.
1: Yeah. And I, I, I think in a, in the right setting, you can say Kyrie's pretty damn good too. You know, he's, he's, he's won a championship before he's done that. He's played some big games. It's been a while since, but,
0: And, and, and I think they were in similar situations where it's easy to look now and go, Oh no, no, he, the heat, you know, they're, they're definitely better, but if we, were, we did a, a pre playoff pod it would have been and yeah, these teams are pretty comparable I, i'd probably take dallas cuz you know they're they're a little flashier and they got Luca, and Luca's the best out of uh, all the guys on the teams but they decided they they threw it through in the towel they quit
1: yeah i'm like miserable that there's only a game on like every 3 nights now but i'm also really tired of thinking of all the the misery of the Celtics this whole year i'm i'm ready for a break I'm ready to hear little little news about them. We do have a little news, actually, to break here. Uh, Sam Cassell is joining the bench. He He's going to be on the first row behind second row Joe, <laughs> which means we're keeping Missoula for the Celtics. This is a re- the real story here, and, and I'm all I'm all right with it. I, I just As long as we're going to stick with this guy, I don't want to fire him in the midpoint of any season, even when I'm frustrated that he's still making all the same mistakes that he's made in this, all these playoffs. I don't want to fire him. I want to finish this year with, with Joe and just see what we got. If we're going to fire him, fire him in the off season. But if we're going forward with him, don't do it in the middle of the season. And, and I'm going to say that you're going to have to remind me of this after I'm like week two. be like, he's doing the same things, but he's, he's not calling timeout. Like we yeah, have to, we, we we have we have start to fire him two
0: and five or something. I want you
1: to remind me that this is still what's best for us is to just to have a second year coach. Just for one point in our, our lives where we don't just have a rookie guy every year there's even yeah. even bad history is is better than no history. All right, so I, I'm I'm going with that. I love the addition of Sam. Sam being an assistant long time for Doc Rivers, and then being a, a Celtic uh, champion as well. He he won a couple championships with the Rockets as well. So, lots of experience, lots of coaching experience too. I think with Doc coaching a lot of different games, a lot of different scenarios. And
0: I think I was I saw that he's been an assistant for 15 years, and that that, that surprised me. I I knew more recently. It's just a guy since. You know, was on the, the 2008 championship team. When I, when I see him, you know, on TV, I recognize him. So you're not necessarily always looking for it, but just you, you see a guy. It's like, oh, wait, hold on. I know that guy. And so just good. A guy with a, with a lot of experience, both playing and uh, and actually coaching.
1: Yeah, I think it's a the smart move. A, a professional, a guy that has, has done it before and it will be just nothing but helpful, as well as a guy that Boston is so willing to accept and is willing to put a lot of faith in and I think that's that's really what we needed is we just needed somebody to just have a little confidence in Is Joe is really a tough sell on everyone I think having Sam there will be a little easier of a sell and and that's great I think that's an improvement and I just hope
0: now the other coaching news that came out before this last week was that the three remaining assistants all pretty much as soon as the season was over went and joined uh, Ime's new staff which makes sense Ime was was the head coach. These were his guys, and then just all the weird stuff happened before this season. So probably good that they stayed along. Uh, one of the other assistants uh, took took a college job. So a lot of people were spinning that is, oh, things are falling apart in Boston. But it just seems more of pretty much if you're a head coach, it seems like you got a core group of guys that just kind of go with you wherever wherever you're going, and maybe you'll keep some of the some of the the, the remaining guys, but not not always. Do you think that this might be better? that it's not, Hey, we got to fill one spot here. It's we need to completely revamp our, our, our assistance. And Joe's able to work with Brad to get exactly what he needs and what's going to help the team rather than, Hey, this is from the past regime.
1: Well, you know, everybody's talking about how all these guys left and how we're in trouble with it. It was like, well, all those guys were there. We had all these same problems anyway. So let let them go. We know exactly what kind of problems we need to fix. Bring in guys that are going to fix those problems. Like those are the interview questions I'm asking to anybody that wants to join this staff. It's like, hey, this happened a couple times. What do you think about this? He's like, oh, well, I think we should have considered this. And it's like, I just, we just need guys stepping up and giving input and just – or keeping track of whatever they're supposed to keep track of, of timeouts, of fouls, of rotations, of ice-cold shooting, of weird funks, of injuries. Of, of, there's a lot to do, and I think there's a lot to help that can be gained from this. But I think hiring Sam Cassell – it is a nice move it's a veteran it's a guy that's been on the bench as you said for a while now as well as a former player that has won some championships that the players can at least respond a little bit to that too kind of
0: do you think or- it could even just be so simple and i think we we see it uh on inside the uh you know tnt of when the guys are you know on, on a win streak or maybe they're just getting like a little too big for their britches you know it's not even the playoffs yet that Sam Cassell just, you know, maybe just pops on one of those championship rings and just kind of dangles that around. And just like, you guys, guys think he did something? You think he did something here? And just there's a little more of that poking that, you know, Brad Stevens, great college coach, never actually won a national championship, way overperformed, but, you know, also didn't get it in the, in the NBA either. So just to have that, hey, I, I got this. I, I know what this takes. I know what it takes in this city. And just to have that just around every day. And just Sam's just not a guy that's going to – you know be be a wallflower I think he's gonna be in in guys faces a little more
1: yeah I believe Sam has a a contact list in his phone of all right big game hey KG you want to just come get the guys just a little little speech a little little chat before the game you want to just just a little wake me up like I I think he's got that kind of pull and he's gonna be pushing those kind of buttons and that's great that's that's what we need the other thing about letting those guys go is not only were they not that good, they're not our guys. They're they're Ime's guys. Like they, they were hired when Eme was hired. He brought them in. They're they're his staff. It's a weird situation in which they stayed when he left because that's not what they signed up for either. They signed up to I think work with him. They had to.
0: Yeah. Cuz it was so close to the start of the season if they left with him out of solidarity or whatever, it was no one else is going to hire you because all, all the staffs are full.
1: Totally totally within reason, but also totally within reason for them to leave. Like that's not like, you know, I, I signed up to, to play on a different team. The team is not here anymore, and you're bringing in new guys, and that doesn't seem very good for me. I'm going to go yeah. back with, with the team that I signed up to be on, and that's totally fine. You know, I, I imagine Joe has some of his guys that he's going to want to add as well, and, and I think Sam was one of the ones that were just more to satisfy us, and then there'll be a couple other guys to satisfy him, and that's that's good. That's what it should be, and and, and we're better off for it. You know, perhaps that was an issue all year. where He, he might have had a bunch of assistants that – didn't really like it the way he thought. Didn't like the way he coached, or or was wondering why it wasn't them over. It was him. Or it just
0: seems like you only know, like they got one foot out the door.
1: Or it's that too. Or they maybe they were just upset about the email thing the whole year. I could see that being totally fair too. Being like, look, like this
0: is especially yeah because they get they, they know what actually happened, so they could be upset and you know see in their situations like, oh well, yeah, I, I I could see that.
1: All right. Speaking of upset, I asked you what you wanted to talk about today. We only have the one game. There's not a whole lot of other sports that we regularly talk about going on right now, but you said you wanted to have a moment for some sports gambling rants. And I have no idea where this is going. I have no idea what he's about to say, but I- I'm just going to give you the floor. Did he de- set up any better? Like, are you good? No, are you no. Well, like, here? I
0: want to, I, I want to dial it down. It's more of just, just, just a mini rant. Oh, I, I thought it like was full, way worse. Because, because you, you do an, an excellent rant. I'm, I'm not very good at, at just ranting, but that sports betting has become much more legal. It's not legal in in all of the states, but it's in a lot of the states, so makes sense. It's a good money maker for all the leagues. I enjoy sports betting. I think it just adds a little something, especially uh, in the in in the fall and more more with college basketball, where it's just like, hey, you know, Saturday, just kind of hanging out, put a little money on on the games. Cool. I you know I have a have a good time with it. I think you you and I we we had some fun with some. Uh, First field goal, long shots, and just just had just had a good time with it. What my problem is is that as more of these states, they're just trying to get people in. So all the time you're just getting hammered with, hey, come to our site. It's you know a thousand dollars free. You don't need to worry about it. Just free. And then if you actually go and look, it's not. Oh, this is like the new promotion for this month. It's, oh no. If I'm just doing this for the first time, okay. Well, okay. So this doesn't apply to me. I get, you know, this is a business. You're trying to, you know, get people in here, but like, I'm, I'm already in the club, like throw something, you know, a little bit my way as well as I do like that. Now it can be mentioned. I feel like there's a lot of some stuff with with sports that everybody knows about and everyone knows forever. People have been gambling on the NFL Ill- illegally, but it's like, well, announcer could never mention it. And now I like, like during the game, it, it might get mentioned here and there, but I think some of the, the, the pregame and some of the ads that, it's it's really the the, the in game ads for it that that bother me, where they send it to the studio. You can totally tell that this has been taped beforehand, and it'll be, hey, uh, Jalen, who do you think is gonna score next, Boston or Philadelphia? And then they'll be like, a well, like, I think Boston's gonna score next. And then it's like, Philadelphia's like got the ball, or like they're like on a fast break, or you know something where it's like, all right, so this was pre done uh, beforehand, and it just seemed, it's just, it's getting. I think it's always been, but just feeling more and more just like a money grab. And like I said, I, I enjoy doing the sports betting, but I feel like it's it's just so over the top. Well, so that's my, little, that's my little mini rant.
1: I think there needs to be almost an education on the sports betting, and not even just, the, not like an in-depth of the types of bets, but on more or less of where you get your information and gain your confidence of making the bets. Because I'll, I'll let you know right now, I don't do a whole lot of the sports betting. You do a lot more. I know some people that are very, very good at it, and you know, professional uh, poker players and, and things like that. Guys, the guys that are really, really throwing some some stuff around. I, those are probably the guys I'd want to listen to, not the guys that did a segment, you know, th- forty minutes before the game even started. And are just like sideline guys or just anchors that are not, not gamblers. Maybe they actually gamble in real life, but I don't think you want to take their gambling advice because one, they're just they're in different situations than all of us. <laughs> they're getting paid to read off the teleprompter.
0: Well, and, and, and that that's, that's some of it some of it too is that's one of the things that I really like about sports gambling that's almost like investing in individual stocks where you're literally putting your money where your mouth is. So I, you know, we can come on here. We could say, "Oh yeah, I think, uh, you know, Denver's gonna win," or this. It's like you could just always pick the favorite, and it's always good. you're gonna be right more than fifty percent of the time because you're just picking the favorite. But with sports gambling, you can go in and say, "Hey, I think the upset's gonna happen." So like, if you're betting on on Miami, you're gonna make like a ton more money if you're just doing it, you know, on 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 the money line. And so just to have it be, like you said, just. You got you got the talking head just going like, "Hey, yeah, this is who I'm. I'm, I'm going to bet on," or like, ah, "I think you should, you know, take a flyer on this." It's like, well, th- that's that's not how this like exactly works. So maybe we're just like, it's in the infancy, and this this will improve. But it, it just seems like if they're not careful, it's just going to wear people out.
1: No, I, I you you're worried about wearing us out, and I think we can most safely say we do not have any uh, gambling issues or debts or problems of, of any matters of all that but i promise you some people do and they're having and this is going to be an ongoing thing like the aa sports gambling thing is going to be the new trend like people are going to be done drinking and sports betting is going to be like the new problem and and i think that's going to be a weird well, problem that we're that, in where it's that, just it's that, uh, self-control
0: that goes down the uh the the list even more but anytime you know more on the on the podcast you can see it on the screen; it gets all in the small text. But on the podcast, when they, hey, same game parlay, this is awesome. You can do this and this, and then you'll win, and it'll be awesome. And then, I, I swear, I think sometimes it's longer than the actual ad. Is they have to list every state and what phone number you have to call if you're having a problem. And I am sure that is right in with the the, the legality and all the lawyers saying, hey, you know, you can have sports gambling, but you know, you you need to look out for the people that are struggling, so you need to put hey, here's where you can get help. And it's just, well, in Connecticut, you do this. And in New York, this is where you call. And in Massachusetts, you got to go over here. And just, uh, just.
1: Look, I'm not asking for more kind of restrictions. I'm just saying, I think within the next year or so, like really soon, once this really becomes basically legal everywhere, this, those sort of issues, you're going to start knowing people within your range of groups that are going to have, at least one of them is going to have a sort of issue like this. And I think that's this in the infancy stage of all of this, where it's like, can you believe we just let everyone sports bet like this? And I'm not saying it's going to go away to that, but I think I think it's going to become a problem where they're we're going to hit a peak where people are too obsessed with this. And then we're going to dial it back and then hopefully we'll have a controlled way where this could be both successful, profitable and fun. And and for a lot of people, it will be. But the more they keep lasting it, the more they keep getting greedy and the more and more advertising they keep doing it, I feel like they're just feeding into all of those addicts problems like they just you can't get away from it and you can't even enjoy sports anymore without watching it like is there like maybe they maybe that's the new streaming company the one that just advertises is like yeah we don't have any alcohol ads we don't have any drug ads we don't have any you know av- or, or gambling ads i don't know what else they're gonna be sponsored by but perhaps I say, what are you
0: gonna get sponsored by I, I
1: don't know we don't have any vices like is, is that is that the ongoing is that is that the future there i want to watch a vice free like I, you know, we, we want wanted all my information to send me the ads. Don't don't send me those ones. Those those are the bad ones. Send me the Amazon shopping. Send me the, you know, the, the Google phone thing. Like, give me, give me something else, <laughs> and don't give me the damn Burger King song because I'm done with that one too. I, I just I can't take it anymore. It's the whole playoffs. They get that's so damn catchy and I, and I have no interest in ever going but i I, I can tell that you one's song. been going
0: on for a while now too that's been since football season oh it's like so sing songy it's, it's just
1: it's bad I
0: thought I thought they were gonna they're gonna move on but yeah they oof, they must be selling a lot of whoppers they're keep they're keeping that going
1: yeah all right well that's Zach's little sideline rant on on sports betting I don't know where we go from here. I'm happy it exists, and it's just going to take an adjustment. I'm not saying like this is an ongoing problem, but there's going to be a point where we we kind of recorrect this and and learn a little bit more from it. It's it being so new right now. Uh, anything else? You know what? I guess while we're doing this, let's talk a little football right now. The Hard Knocks team has still not been picked. Is is that unusual? Should we
0: we should know this by now? Yeah, because we're getting getting close to the, the the start of summer. Hard Knocks will start the beginning of beginning of august or so uh last year at this point uh or last last year we found out in march so it's like oh march like now we're now now we're two you get getting to be closer to three months away from 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 march so i'll, I'll read you the uh the, the list of teams that it that it could be or that could be compelled i don't think teams really really volunteer uh but it's it's the let's see if i can find it uh, it's gonna. It could be the the Bears, the Saints, the Jets, or the Commanders.
1: Man, the Jets. How fun would the Jets be? Or do you want the Jets? See, to, can is, they be the in season one? Like, do you, is this just for the preseason one?
0: This is just the preseason one. See, I think the NFL really wants the Jets to to have it, but I think. I got to imagine Aaron Rodgers doesn't really want it. And so, and also, you know, no teams really want it. And so I don't think like the Jets really want it. So I'm wondering if there's some sort of negotiation going on. Because I I think the NFL could just come over the top and say, hey, you're forced to do this. But maybe they said like, hey, we're going to make this real difficult on you. And that's why this has been dragging out for so long. But but I just got to imagine, you know, Aaron Rodgers on a new team, that's going to pull the most viewers.
1: Is maybe the... (laughs) You know, I, I want to say the show has not been as successful as it was originally in the past. Perhaps stirring up a little drama like this will you know, put a little bit more of a spotlight on it. Like We don't even know which one it's going to be. This team is fighting us on all of this, and it's just like this big media storm around the show, and the show has maybe already more or less been decided, and we just don't know it.
0: Are you ready for me to bring this back around to the Patriots? Oh, God.
1: Tell me it's not going to be us. How How is this us?
0: Yo, really- well, hold on. Like I said, I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring this around. You know, you didn't, you probably weren't even expecting this, but the reason it's those four teams is there's a, uh, uh, a few exempt, uh, the, the way that teams get exempt. And the way is that, uh, any team with new head coach, you don't have to be on hard knocks. Any team that has been to the playoffs in the last two years, uh, doesn't have to be on hard knocks. And then the third one is any team that has done it within the past ten years. Well, we don't have a new coach, and we've never done it. So it's really that middle one that says, been in the playoffs in the past two years. We did not make the playoffs last year. So if we were to miss the playoffs again this year, we could be compelled to have to get us on. And I would think that they would very much want us on. And I think that is how we lose uh Bill Belichick is Bill Belichick says oh, you guys uh, want me to show all my secrets on, on TV and you want me to do more TV, I'm gone. See you later. And then the Patriots are going to have to get a new coach and then we avoid our knocks for a, a little bit longer.
1: That's how it's going to end, huh? That's it?
0: That's it. Think, I think that's gonna that's how it's going to end.
1: I don't even really have an argument on why I I hope would. I'm
0: wrong. I hope we make the playoffs this year. But I think that's how it's going to end. Man,
1: more people more people should be talking about this because that's that all makes sense and that all yeah seems when people very... start
0: talking about it in the fall and they start their football stuff you know not like us we've been talking football year round all the time everybody knows it barely any basketball really If you really listen you'll read between the lines here yeah people are gonna start talking about it and i, I started it it was me
1: i'm just gonna play the outro music this is terribly sad <laughs> this is like a, this is upsetting this is, this is the real reality because it all makes sense i just i didn't really line it all up like that and that that's mm-hmm. possible that the division that we're in at this point i mean that's going to be challenging just as is and we exactly aren't starting off with the greatest season and the greatest roster from last year just oh man uh well let me ask you this if that does happen how terrified of you of watching hard knocks with the rookie guy trying to replace belichick good luck being that guy no
0: you don't remember? That was rule number one. You don't have to do it as a new head coach.
1: So that's how we get out of it. So what, he can come back yeah. next year.
0: <laughs> I don't know. He'll come on as like an assistant or something. He'll just be. Uh, remember, he had the uh, he had his guy that was just special coordinator of super secret things. I think he'll just he'll, he'll just do that role, or or he'll go coach lacrosse. One or the other. I don't know.
1: W- would it be possible to him do the show and not be on the show at all? No. There's no way, right? They, they can't just only show other coaches. The head
0: coach is one of the main characters. Like, the main character.
1: Man, I just said how much... Any, I just, I just said how be
0: much... Any, any scene of a guy getting cut, he's going to be in. It's always, like, ahead of time. It's, like, at his, you know, house. It's, like, or, like, beforehand. It'd be him on the boat. It's just, yeah, the head coach plays, like, a major role in Hard Knocks.
1: No. No, it's not going to happen. We're going to make the playoffs. We're, we're just going to make the playoffs. Oh, look at
0: that. Turning turn wheel right around in June. Ugh, we're not going to make the playoffs. We're not good. You can't we don't take have, it back. You already said a it. We don't have a quarterback.
1: We don't have anybody. It's, 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 got it. Can, can Spolstra coach us, too? Because we, we're trying to do the Miami Heat roster right now. We just need Jimmy Butler, and we don't have him.
0: What are we talking about? We got Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is – everybody wishes Spolstra could be as good as Bill Belichick.
1: Well, I guess we got plenty of time to talk about this in the future. You just blew my mind on the the nightmare of my future here because I've already been suffering with the lack of NBA content on a day-to-day where there's just not a game on anymore. And it's not fun to watch old games. If the Celtics season ended like any any better. Like if we could have lost and it just wouldn't have been as brutal and I'd go back and rewatch some old games. But it's it's too fresh of a wound and I'm just so disappointed in them that it's not even it's not even fun watching old games anymore. So I'm desperate for content. I'm desperate for football to come back. And this isn't making it any better. <laughs> just a couple uh, months away. Uh, but we'll be back next week with some more NBA content and some more, sheesh, uh, some more foul check. Oh, man. Really? I, I'm not ready. I'm not okay with this. We just need to end the show. <laughs> just like this Patriots season and the Celtics season. Let's just, let's just end it. Let's just get it over with. We'll be back next week. Anything else you want to add for the people out there?
0: Just end it. Yeah. (laughs) We'll be
1: back. (laughs) Little column A, little column B.